This episode is about being an imperfect environmentalist and making sure you leave room to learn, forgive, listen, and understand through your eco-friendly journey. It's about giving yourself and the people around you the benefit of the doubt and taking a step back to understand that not everything is so black and white, and no matter what, there's room for everyone when it comes to saving the planet. Hello, welcome to Earth Care Mini. I'm your host, Sarah Christie, and I'm on a mission to make climate change an approachable and not so overwhelming conversation for everyone. Now, normally, this is the podcast where we meet climate heroes, activists, experts, entrepreneurs, and get their take on how we can help save the planet. And that's still the case, but since we all need to be involved with climate action and the climate crisis is happening as we speak, I wanted to share some of the lessons that I've learned, I am unlearning, and I'm still learning with respect to this planet and the people on it. The lessons are big, but the episodes are mini. Think of them as two bite brownie-sized episodes for the planet. I want to start off by saying in no way is this a conversation about CEOs at oil companies who have blatantly been hiding their contribution to climate change. This is about you and me, the individuals who are trying and want to learn about our planet and how we can help. Okay, so it's safe to assume that your lifestyle doesn't look the exact same as your neighbors, maybe even your family members, your partner, your roommate, right? That right there, that's all we need to know to understand that if something works for me, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. There, episode done. What I've seen in so many cases, myself being one of them, is that all-in approach, right? That will inevitably fail at some point. And it's okay to fail, but if your mentality is, all in, then all that's going to do is bum you out and make you feel hopeless when you fail, right? You see videos or you hear people, and myself being one of them again, who go and buy all the zero-waste tools that were sold, the straws, the bamboo cutlery, the stackable containers, only to realize that, okay, I was just suckered into marketing and I actually didn't need any of that. And then you go to the grocery store and see that everything you want to buy is wrapped in plastic and, well, what is the point? But are you allowing yourself room to grow? Okay, let's talk about being a vegan. I haven't eaten meat in 16 years. Intentionally, there have been unfortunate restaurant experiences. And I've been a vegan for almost eight years now. The reason it took a while for me to go from vegetarian to vegan was because I was able to recognize that I wasn't in a comfortable position to be a vegan, you know, still get the nutrients I needed, learn how to cook. I mean, I was a kid. My mom was still cooking my meals. So when I was 22 making my first grown-up salary, I decided that it was time to do it. Learn how to cook, use my hard-earned money to buy groceries that I felt comfortable eating. The entire journey came with so much pride because it was paired with independence. You know, I was living on my own in a new province where I didn't know anyone prior to moving there, Winnipeg. I was genuinely learning how to cook for the first time. I just got a new job that I was really excited about. It felt like I was in the driver's seat for the first time. And I was also just pumped to take a step toward further protecting animals. Now, most restaurants have a vegan option, sometimes a few. It's become pretty accessible where I live. Eight years ago, not so much. So when a vegan boutique opened in Toronto, my mind was blown. They had vegan clothes, snacks, beauty, skincare products, shoes. You mean everything in this store is cruelty-free. Shut the front door. Remember the feeling of walking into the Disney store as a kid at the mall? I equate that to how I felt going into this store for the first time. I didn't have to read the ingredients or the tags on anything. Tags, yeah, I'll get to that later. After my first visit, I left with a vegan chocolate bar, chocolate a day keeps the doctor away, and a shirt that says, veganism for everybody. 
I loved that shirt so much. It felt like a stamp of approval for the hard work I put into becoming a vegan. It also felt like a handy conversation starter in the event anyone wanted to learn about vegan cooking. And again, it was just a shirt for the animals. What I didn't understand at the time was how privileged of a statement that was for me personally. Now, I still don't, and I didn't have kids at the time or even a pet, so I had time to learn how to cook and do research into grocery shopping. I had a full-time job, which truly didn't pay me a lot, but it certainly allowed me the opportunity to go grocery shop for myself, and I lived within driving distance of multiple grocery stores. It took me volunteering at the food bank to open my eyes to different perspectives. Think about it. There are people, our coworkers, our neighbors, working their butts off to provide for their family or themselves, but due to circumstance are cooking with whatever food they're given. They're not in a position to go out and buy a Beyond Meat burger and a Yves burger just to see what option they like more. And although, of course, my first instinct is to say, hey, let's save every animal, this is about protecting each other as well. So when you hear that someone might not have food to eat, you're gonna help them get food, whatever that looks like. It's as simple as that. As I began learning more about environmentalism, you know, reading more, filling my social media pages with educational accounts, I began learning about how plant-based eating is deeply rooted in Black, Indigenous, people of color history. Queer Brown Vegan on Instagram and TikTok has shared incredibly informative blog posts about this. You can actually DM me if you're curious to read after this podcast, and I'll direct you to some of the resources that I've checked out. But anywho, if we haven't met in person before, I'm white. And as veganism became more mainstream... It was a lot of white voices that we heard from. There didn't seem to be a lot of space for proper representation or diversity. So by me wearing this shirt that says veganism for everybody without truly understanding the history of plant-based eating and its cultural significance, am I just contributing to the white colonialism of a vegan diet? So both of these, when I reflect on them, were learning experiences and opportunities for me to just listen and grow. It's important for me to say that becoming a vegan was 1 million percent for the animals, and it still is, but by remaining curious, I got to learn about the environmental benefits it had as well, which then created this ripple effect into, okay, what other steps can I take for the environment and what can I do as an individual? By remaining open, I was able to see that me eating plant-based wasn't so straightforward for someone else, and has challenged me every day to become a more supportive voice and a more supportive ally for those who need it. Do I still have room to grow? Heck yeah, and probably still have so much to learn. But I share these examples as a reminder that you never know what stage of the journey someone is at. And moving forward in that journey will become a lot more intimidating if they don't feel like there's permission to evolve. Similarly, one of my first times traveling to New York, I heard there was this all-vegan shoe store, now at the risk of sounding like a broken record. Shut the front door. I didn't even know vegan shoes were a thing, let alone there were multiple options. So I went, I got really cool boots that I was so proud to spend my money on, and I wore them all the time. This was probably over five years ago, but it wasn't until my second Earth Care interview ever with Guy Rotazzi that happened about a year ago, just over a year ago, that I learned what slow fashion is and the importance of tag reading. So in the era of green buzzwords everywhere, a lot of stuff is labeled as sustainable because it's made from 5% recycled plastic, or a lot of stuff is labeled as vegan because it's not real leather, but instead it's polyester or plastic, which is oil. So sure, my boots weren't leather, which is obviously really important to me, but I just took my money from one beast only to feed another the fossil fuel industry. Of course, there are sustainable shoe options available, but let me speak to that quickly. I have exactly one pair of sustainable running shoes that took 
hours of researching. And I had to order them online, which is risky because I have weirdly shaped feet. Again, no kids, one cat. I have time to do that kind of research, but not many people do. If you're curious about the brand, side note, it's Allbirds. I love them. They're so comfy. You can throw them in the wash and in no way is this sponsored. I'm just hopefully saving you two hours of research. But other than those runners, I've purchased a pair of secondhand shoes once. Otherwise, I just stopped buying shoes, which, hey, helps keep the clutter out. But if you have kids whose shoe size changes every four months, this likely isn't an option for you at this moment in time. And that's okay. That doesn't mean you aren't signing petitions or voting with the environment in mind or going for nature walks or just doing whatever you can at this moment in time. There are thousands of ways that we can all throw our hat in the ring when it comes to stepping up for this planet and doing something, even if it is just one thing, because that's all you can manage right now, is better than nothing. Whenever I find something that works, I do try and share it on social media to hopefully save you some time, but... It's important to remember that you never truly know someone else's story, and most things on an individual level aren't so black and white. You know, maybe someone isn't thrifting or shopping for sustainable fashion yet because they have yet to find a brand that supports inclusive sizing. Maybe after shipping costs, the item they want to purchase is simply out of their price range. Maybe they are needing vegan because the closest grocery store is an hour commute and the produce is outrageously expensive. A friend of mine who's a mom once told me that it's easier to put her kid's snacks in Ziploc baggies because her kid kept losing the lids to the Tupperware at school. As a parent, I'm guessing you aren't going to be pumped about having to spend your money on buying new Tupperware just because the lids go missing, right? In that case, you do what you got to do. If we go back to elementary school, put yourself in a desk. You have a textbook in front of you. We're about to learn a completely new lesson. In this case, let's say we're learning about the periodic table for the first time ever. As lessons continued and you digested more of the information, was there not praise and celebration from your teacher? When you didn't understand something, was there not an unwritten agreement that you could ask and ask and ask until you understood? From conversations with friends and peers, it seems like so much of what we need to know about climate change, how it affects us, what causes it, how racial injustice and environmental injustice are so deeply connected was not taught in the classroom. So it's up to us to learn, to educate ourselves and each other. And if we're going to do this right, then we need to make sure that there is a safe space to learn, grow and listen to one another. And truly be patient with yourself. There's a reason that oil companies are as massive and as rich as they are. It's not a great reason, but there's a reason. Oil is everywhere. So as a consumer, wow, it's hard to flat out avoid it, right? But directing that energy into doing what you can at this moment in time isn't going to drain the good energy that we need to move forward. As we interact with one another and engage in important conversations about our climate crisis, I challenge you to treat it like an elementary school classroom with your absolute favorite teacher. Be curious, ask questions, be excited to have a deeper understanding of the topic. And even if you always hated group work, understand that climate change is just too heavy of an issue to carry alone. I share these stories in absolutely no way to be like, yay me, I just want you to see that I've made mistakes, I've failed and will probably make more mistakes or learn something and then kick myself for not knowing it earlier. But the end goal remains the same. How can we help each other and this planet? Thank you so much for checking out Earth Care, letting this podcast be a part of your day. Don't forget to hit follow or subscribe, whatever that button is on the device that you're listening to this episode on, and then you'll know when new episodes are out. And if you have time, 
Leave a review. I would love to know what's on your mind, what's been clicking with you, what topics we should cover next. As I'm behind the scenes gathering the next round of interviews, those reviews are also a really big help with that. So I do appreciate your help and your time. We can also connect online at Earth Care Show on Instagram and TikTok and earthcareshow.com for more information. I'll talk to you later.